Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Going in raw is now a CastBox original. CastBox is the fastest growing, highest rated podcast app on both iOS and Android, where you can find all your favorite podcasts. You can still listen to Going In Raw wherever you get your podcasts, but we hope you'll give CastBox a shot. We think it's the best. Hey guys, this is Charlotte, and you're watching Going In Raw. What's up, it's your girl, Sasha Banks, Legit Boston. You are watching Going In Raw. You like that? What's up? This is the most must-see WWE superstar of all time and his lovely, gorgeous wife. Marie. <laughs> and you are going in SmackDown Live. This Ugh. is the glorious one, Bobby Roode. And you're watching Going In Raw. Hey, friend, old Steve here. And Larson. And welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to right here at youtube.com forward slash Stephen Larson and available wherever fine podcasts are. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and the notify bell next to it and make sure you're always getting your new Going In Raw notifications. We're also available wherever fine podcasts can be found through CastBox and Apple iOS podcast apps, along with all the other great podcast apps out there. Be sure to download cast box to either your ios or android device for free and subscribe to going in raw it's a great way to help support going in raw and uh ouch yeah we're doing our takeover review larson yeah today Brooklyn is monday Four. watched it finished watching it this morning main event another solid too great yes, another takeover, takeover another awesome show yeah man the best wrestling happens yeah, either at takeover at uh in new japan one of the two is usually when you get the best wrestling yes absolutely absolutely you know. Um, and this was no different. Uh, no, let's see no. here. Is there, get to a, is there going to be a point where they can't keep this pace up of putting on awesome takeover after awesome takeover? No, I, I honestly don't think I, I, I don't think they are because here's the thing: WWE is signing some fantastic. Look at who look at look at the next year of takeovers. It's going to feature guys like Matt Riddle, Keith yeah, Lee, yeah. Um, even Ricochet. even Donovan Dijak if they ever let him do some stuff. Um, yeah, Ricochet. I don't know when the Undisputed Era is going to get called up. Hopefully they might never. be around for a little while, exactly. Alistair Black, once he comes back from injury, he'll keep on putting on great matches. And they'll keep on signing these great names or maybe even stealing some names from New Japan, from Ring of Honor. Um, and I I think I, I really kind of feel like, you know, Triple H, he said before interviews and whatnot that this is, a, you know, why can't... Why can't main roster be more like, you know, takeovers? Why can't the main roster pay-per-views be more like takeovers and have these amazing matches on them? And he said, well, it's a different flavor. It's a different mm -hmm. genre. It's a different mm -hmm. variety. 
he compares main roster, you know, to like top 40 music. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I think the I would, I would just speculate that the schedule for NXT allows them to put on matches like this in a oh, way yeah. that main roster doesn't. And I, I honestly think that triple H sees NXT because it's under the WWE umbrella as WWE's sort of, uh, essentially indie it? promotion. They're indie promotion, but, but more than that, sort of their, I'm trying to think of a good, like, I don't know, food or drink metaphor when you have something that is the, yeah, I know what you mean. But it's not for everybody. Like, like, it's, de- it's, like WWE main roster Corona is like, premium is or like Outback Steakhouse. Yeah. Yeah, but then NXT is like their boutique steakhouse. Yeah, yeah exactly. And so it's like, like a fine dining establishment for anybody who complain who wants to complain about WWE's lack of like, oh wow, fantastic wrestling. It's like, well, we have five star matches on takeovers, and that's WWE. Also, the pure wrestling matches on SummerSlam were across the board pretty darn good. The SmackDown ones were great. Yeah, when that's you what have, I mean. That's what yeah, I mean. when you have Daniel Bryan in there against the Miz, pretty damn good. AJ Styles versus Mojo. Pretty damn and what good. What all those matches have in common? They were they gave them time to tell the story they yeah. wanted to tell. Seth Rollins generally puts on really good matches, so yeah. we have yeah. that in WWE. It's just these takeovers, man. They put on some. I mean, here's my thing. I think if AJ and Samoa Joe had gone five more minutes to a clean finish, I think that that probably could have been. I mean, I, and I was fine with the DQ finish. You're setting up more story, mm-hmm. but uh, but I think that could have been. I think that was on pace for being just a. Mm-hmm. You know, four and a half stars, something on par with Takeover. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but getting back to the NXT thing, I honestly think the schedule just allows them. Well, I think it's part schedule, and they have a place, performance center, where they can go and they can work things out, and mm-hmm. they can go through and, and block the match. And because I think because their schedule allows them to oh, do that, yeah, yeah. as well. Yes, but yes, you're no, right. I'm they not, have I'm the not, performance. I'm, I'm saying in conjunction with schedule, yeah. you have this facility that allows you to do these things yeah. that the main roster athletes just really don't have. Yeah, but no, I, th- I honestly do. I think you're, I think any uh, concern about can they keep up the pace, I mean, you look at who's in the main event, who's putting on these these five-star matches, it's Gargano and Ciampa, two guys who, yeah, they're spectacular wrestlers. I don't think they're doing anything that, for example, a Matt Riddle couldn't do, a Keith Lee couldn't do, and Adam Cole can't well, do. Well, the strength of what they're doing is based on the story they're telling and the emotions the the, the, the fans feel during the course of these matches. Yeah, but dude, move for move, they're fantastic. Oh, matches. they are, they are, they you are. Know? But if you, I, if you take the move for move matches out of the context of the story, they don't have the same impact. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. But move for move, they're really good. No, matches. they're good. Technically, really good they're really good matches. Yeah, uh, I was, I was just, you know, I, I think they probably can keep up the pace based on who they're signing. I was just and that's also com- I was just trying to start some conversation. No, it's a great conversation to have because I, I I agree with you. It's fun talking about that stuff. But also the way they and I don't know it, that, an interesting conversation to have is maybe maybe the the bigger conversation to have is can they tell the stories that they want to tell uh, Gargano and Champa if they go live if the this rumor that they oh, might going be going to Fox Sports, Sports yeah. One and go live. Could they do the same thing then? I don't know because yeah. the way they do it now, I think, is so beneficial to the storytelling they oh, yeah. tell. Oh yeah, that I don't. Ooh, I don't know. Yeah, I know. I, know. I know. Kicked off with a tag title match: Undisputed Era versus Mustache Mountain. We've known uh, for, because of their last couple of matches at Royal Albert Hall and then on NXT TV um, that these two teams, woo, they put on really good matches. And this was no different. And this was no different. Although it was very striking. Very striking to see the disparity 
and how strong each of these teams were booked. Undisputed era, Larson kicked out of Tyler Driver. Tyler Driver. Seven star Lariat. And, and then the Burning Hammer top rope knee combo. Which are the finishers for the team single and single. Mm-hmm. Tyler, uh, Tyler Bates finish, Trent Seven's finish, and then Mustache Mountain's finish. They kicked out of all of them. They did. And it took one finisher. Yes. Total to, elimination. Yeah. To take down. Oh, was Tyler Bates got the pin? Or ate the pin? No, what? Trent Seven. Was it Trent? Okay. Trent, the B7, ate the pin. After total elimination, they should call it undisputed elimination. There you go. They really That's should. Good. That's good. Great match. Crowd was super into it. Gave it a ton of time. Somebody pointed this out, too. I guess there was either like a pre-show or that weekend they did, Undisputed Era did an interview for probably the oh, dot yeah, com. yeah, yeah, yeah. And Roderick Strong and Bobby Fish. Shared the tag title. Had the tag title draped over both their laps. Mm-hmm. That was nice. Mm-hmm. That was a nice touch. There's a great spot in this match where uh, Kyle O'Reilly has Tyler Bate in the heel hook. And Trent Seven goes down the timekeeper area, grabs a towel. Yeah, that was good. You know, hearkening back to the second match between these two teams. And, you know, the, everybody in the crowd is like, Trent, don't, don't do throw it, it don't in. Do don't it. throw it in. Don't do and it. So he throws the towel into the stands. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, why are they? I mean, I, I understand this case why they would be uh, uh, hesitant to interfere and risk disqualification. But the second match, just get in there. Disqualify. If it means disqualification, you keep the tiles. I thought that's what he was going to do. I thought he was going to say, screw the towel. I'm just going to go save my buddy. That's how I'm going to do it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, they, they never really explained the logic on that one. Th- that, you know, that, the thing is, that actually would have been a really decent 30-second, one-minute-long NXT backstage Fallout video. Why didn't you just go in there? Because you can write an explanation oh, for yeah, it. Yeah. There's any number of reasons yeah. why they would have done that. Um, but... Uh, but yeah, no, this was this was absolutely so much fun. Um, yeah, a lot of kick up. They they booked undisputed era super strong. Oh heck yeah, really strong. It's undisputed after the match, after undisputed picks up the win, retains the titles, and they're in the ring celebrating a bit. War Raiders attack. Yeah, so we're getting that. Yes, and uh, on top of that, like, so we've seen a handful of War Machine matches mm-hmm. in New Japan mm-hmm. and Ring of Honor. They're pretty good. They're really fun. They do some stuff that, oh, yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah. In NXT so far, we hadn't seen them do anything. It was like, oh. Well, I mean, because they've just been primarily in squash matches. Right. But here, when they threw Kyle O'Reilly. Oh, he had the pop-up uh, power slam. Really high up in the air. Yeah. That crowd went, oh, yeah. God. Yeah, that was some height. And then uh, uh, Hanson went up and did the top rope, like, leg drop thing or yeah, whatever he does. Out. Yeah. Oh, and that was, oh. That was cool, too. So it gave the crowd a taste of what really they can do. Yeah. Um, This is going to be an interesting feud because Undisputed Era are supremely over. That crowd, both in Adam Cole's match and Undisputed Era's match. Were firmly behind Undisputed Era. Firmly. Firmly. Even against Ricochet. I I was legitimately surprised. Yeah, I was, too. Because that crowd was firmly behind Adam Cole. Yep. When Ricochet won, nobody booed because everybody loves Ricochet. Yeah. That being said, the crowd was kind of underwhelmed with his victory. Like, did you notice that the crowd mm-hmm. pop wasn't that huge? Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, that's cool. Rick- hey, Ricochet is great. Ricochet is great. But, oh, man, that guy's Adam Cole. Yeah. <laughs> so let's set up the time frame for this a little bit. Let's speculate. So we have the next show, next takeover will be War Games. Yeah. In November, we're assuming it's going to be Undisputed Era versus War Machine Ricochet versus British Strong Style. I really hope it's versus British Strong Style. In, in a War Games match. Yeah, that makes sense. Although I wonder if the UK taping, the UK NXT stuff, I'm hoping it doesn't interfere. I mean, yeah, I would same. think that it would just 
further bolster yeah, NXT yeah, yeah, yeah. UK. Yeah. But that, yeah, yeah. that would make sense that that's yeah. the match. Um, and so no title change will happen there. Yeah. After that, we have uh, NXT TakeOver Phoenix, Rumble Weekend. You got to think War Raiders will probably take those belts then. I would think so. And then Undisputed Air would do their... I would think that they would sort of do their farewell, we're going to start jobbing at people before Leading up we to go Mania, up. yeah. Yeah, because yeah. they've got to go up after Mania. Um, in the meantime... Or, I, I guess I would guess that precludes Adam Cole for going for from going after the world title. I don't know. I do like the uh, the build sort of the video package um, that preceded uh, their match, Adam Cole and Ricochet's match, mm-hmm. because they talked about making the North American title the most prestigious. NXT oh, yeah. Title. Ricochet mentioned that. Yeah. 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 And Adam Cole has sort of mentioned that, I think, before that, that was his goal, the North American title. Which is interesting because it kind of makes that like, I mean, number one, Adam Cole's carrying it, so it's my favorite title. Yeah. Now Ricochet's carrying it. And as much as I love the Gargano Champa stuff, the North American title is a very important title. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So yeah. I, I, you have to appreciate that. Yeah. Regar- I mean, it'll be interesting down the line once the main, the, the NXT title is out of the Gargano Champa stuff, which is weird territory. Who's going to carry it? What kind of position they're going to have? Mm-hmm. How it's going to relate to the North American title? So that'll be interesting. Yeah. Uh, then we had uh, a quick shot of Johnny yeah. Gargano pacing in front of his locker. Did you see? I didn't notice this during the show, but I guess during the pre-show, they showed a shot of Champa arriving. Did you see that? Oh, in his trailer or something like that. It was in like the thing he shoots his promos in, right? Is that what it was? Is that what it was? I, I just I saw the thing on Twitter. I didn't watch it. I just saw like a big. Did, was he just? Did he arrive in the back of a semi? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Because he does his promos from back there. Right. Yeah. You did, did they did a semi pick him up from his hotel? Did he go cross? Is this the new Lex Express? Could be. It was, it was bizarre and great. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm saying it's great. It's I great. Just, Kayfabe, what's going on there? Yeah, it's a little confusing, but still great. Yeah. Uh, after that, we had a Velveteen Dream EC3 video package See, highlighting now, their feud. I felt about this the way I think you felt about the community pool thing. I it, This was like too amateurish. This was too oh, yeah, cheesy. Yeah, 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 it was all the green screen stuff. Yeah. 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 It was not strong. They should. I, I get the point of Velveteen Dream having that element of sort of cheesiness to his character and being sort of tongue in cheek about it or whatever, but they need to stop with the Velveteen dream green screen. It doesn't work. Mm-mm. It's not good. More shots at the community pool though. I'm more. Why not bring the that. green screen to the pool? I don't like that at all. Combine the two. Don't like that at all. Which brought us to our second match of the night, Velveteen Dream versus EC3 and Velveteen Dream sporting perhaps his once again, finest, his finest ring gear yet. Once again, yeah, Velveteen Dream, of course, with the words, call me up, Vince, on his backside. Yeah, well, in the front said, hashtag dream over. Yeah. And down one leg said, notorious dream. Yeah. All great. It was all amazing. And he had he, a great puffy vest. And, of course, he had King Ricochet's crown on. Mm-hmm. He had his own crown. Mm-hmm. So that was great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this was all really good. Um, the Early on, they did a spot that... Uh, Harken to Hogan, HBK, SummerSlam years back. Yeah, that was an interesting little homage there. Yeah, where uh, Dream was kind of crotched on the top rope, overselling a little bit. Dream seems to have a fascination with the NWO in general. 
um, because I mentioned this on one of the shows. Somebody pointed this out on Twitter, I think, that when Dream came down for his go-home promo, he was wearing exactly what Scott Hall wore when he showed up on Nitro. Yeah. You know, everything, the fanny pack, the the denim vest and all that kind of stuff. Maybe that's feeding into the idea of the rumors of him getting called up. Yeah, it could be. Where he's just these little references, these little Easter eggs, if you will. Yeah. I mean, call me up, Vince is pretty direct, but wearing what, <laughs> yeah. what Scott Hall wore when he show up on, showed up on Nitro. Mm-hmm, yeah. To kick off the Monday Night Wars. Yeah. yeah. It's like him trying to say something. There's a lot going on there. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, man. With Patrick Clark, there's a lot going yeah. on there. And it's yeah. all great. It's fantastic. This is a fun match. It wasn't like a big barn burner. I'm not sure. I think EC3. So, Velveteen Dream is kind of interesting in that I've noticed he can participate in really good matches. Like Ricochet was yeah, a yeah. Re- Alistair, Alistair Black, Black was a really match good match. Yeah. Cassius Ono even was a really good match. He sort of performs to the level of his opponent. Yeah. 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 Like EC3 is a lot of character and then some very serviceable wrestling. Yeah. Not sure he's like a five star guy, which is okay. You don't know everybody yeah, yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Nobody has to be. Yeah. Um, but he gets by so much on how strong his character work yes. is that you don't really need a five star match out of the guy. And so this sort of played out the same way. Velveteen Dream, I don't think, is a guy who's going to bring anybody up. To a but certain level, I think he can pretty much hang. But he can hang with, with pretty much everybody. Anybody. Yeah, exactly. And so this match kind of was in that element. Like it wasn't like a oh my god five star match, but it was still. Alistair Black is kind of the same way, isn't he? Yeah, he sort of performs to the level. Well, I of his think opponent. I think that's more so because of his style than anything else. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could have a match that strike heavy, be really good and, and yeah. dramatic and stuff. Yeah, but it just it. And he's done some mat based stuff, but I just wonder if. If your style is kind of one-dimensional. Yeah, sure. If it doesn't allow you stylistically or from a storytelling perspective to do different things mm-hmm. when you know the the story beats may call for it. Like Gargano and Champa can do a lot. Yeah. A lot of just variations yeah, yeah and stuff. But yeah. then you look at Kenny Omega, and, and he's pretty, you know, like half what he does is running knees. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, but, but then he but can, yeah, he can also. He, he can, can also, do a lot more. Yeah. You or look he, at him, mix it up with any number of guys, and it's like, wow, he can hang with yeah, anybody. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, he can do a lot more, but I'm just saying. I wonder for Alistair Black at <laughs> what least. What he does is running. Me. Oh, it's great. <laughs> it is great. Cause he's, and he's got the like the pleather pants, so when he slaps it, oh, it just it sounds like a, a like shotgun's going off. It's it great. It does, yeah. It's fantastic. Anyways, um, kind of the turning point in this match, um, they're out uh, on the outside brawling. Uh, Velveteen Dream hits a twisting DDT mm-hmm. on EC3 on the foot of the ramp. Mm-hmm. So when the moments in the show where I, was, I was said oh yeah because that looked like that looked bad ooh, yeah. yeah it hurt yeah um still some back and forth after that at one point velveteen dream hit a super kick on ec3 busted him open and i was reading there's pictures on twitter his eye was pretty much yeah swollen shut yeah. he's bleeding a lot Ugh. um not we haven't heard anything about the nature of the injury yeah i mean if it's something serious that might that probably preclude him from being called up right away i would think so yeah um, but at the finish, uh, them brawling on the apron, uh, Velveteen Dream hits a, a Dream Valley driver on the apron, goes to the top rope, hits Purple Rainmaker off the top rope onto EC3, laying on the apron still, pushes him back in the ring, gets the three count, yeah. picks up a win on a takeover. Yeah, this is yeah, that's great. Huge that was for the Dream. Super needed for him. EC3 didn't need this win at all. We both think that he's sort of just... Somebody's not seriously hurt. Yeah. He's on his way to Maine. I, I would hope that we would have heard by now if it was something like what Austin Aries had during his time. Oh, a broken NXT. orbital bone? Yeah. Because yeah. those are nothing to mess with. No, that takes a while to heal up, too. Yeah. 
But yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if, if he was out for a couple months. He might just go straight to Maine after that, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, next, Matt Riddle. It's official. Bro. 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 People marked out for him. Heck he had yeah, a man. suit and, of course, a snapback. Yeah. Uh, he looked great. Looked very happy to be there as he usually looks. Whenever yeah, he looks happy pretty much all the whenever time. Whenever he's anywhere. So, yeah, yeah, that was great to see him. It was great to see that he got, he got a really good reception. Apparently, his... Uh, his girlfriend oh, his or wife. wife, his wife said, I saw some pro wrestling sheet. Yeah. That, uh, the NXT offer only came after new Japan expressed interest. Yeah. Sure. That's not coincidental leverage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, after that, we have a shot of Ciampa staring at the NXT He's kind title, of crushing it a little bit too. Yeah. My baby. Uh, after that, we had a really fun ricochet versus Adam Cole match for the North American title. Um, there were a lot of really, really great moments here. Uh, the story here, Adam Cole just yelling at Ricochet, telling him that how special he's not. Yeah, yeah, you're not special. Is what he's he not saying. special, but man, Adam Cole, he's such a. These two obviously, you know, have a lot of history going back to the you know Ring of Honor days and New Japan and stuff like that. In PWG, of course. Um, wait, Ricochet. Ricochet, Ricochet was not in Ring of Honor. Never. Yeah, no. Uh, so they go back to New Japan and they go back to PWG. They uh, they probably didn't face each other in New Japan. Maybe in. In PWG. Yeah, because Adam Cole is only in New Japan for a bit. Fine, erase what I just said. They fought each other in PWG quite a bit, I think. Maybe. Probably. They both spent time in PWG. That's fine. That is confirmed. That I can read. Ricochet. Um, they, in the, the, the recap package for them, they replayed that bit where uh, Adam Cole super kicked Ricochet when he was doing a top rope move in the North American title ladder match. Um, and that played a, a huge role in this match because Cole tried a similar spot here mm-hmm. first time. Ricochet caught it. Second time when Ricochet was doing kind of like a lion salt. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah. Adam Cole kicked him right in the neck. Ooh, this sounds cool. Matt what? Seidel versus Ricochet versus the Young Bucks. PWG. Oh, yeah, that's probably great. Adam Cole and the Young Bucks versus Ricochet, Matt Seidel, and Will Ospreay. Ooh, that's probably good. Adam Cole versus Brian Cage. Nice. Nice. So, yeah. Did they never – wait, they had to – No, yeah, it was, it, was, they, they, it was a match with him and the Young Bucks, Adam Cole and the Young Bucks against – Yeah, no, it's right Ricochet, here. Ricochet, Seidel. Just like single-wise. Oh, I don't know. Um, so that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Great spot. Yeah. Um, uh, Adam Cole followed up uh, with the original last shot. Yeah, yeah. The neckbreaker goes I to the pinfall. I yeah, know. that bit was fantastic. Goes to the pinfall, Ricochet Because there out. was such an urgency to it. Yes. And it was like, holy crap, he kicked out of all that? Yeah. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. Um, another point, Ricochet ducks the last shot, gets a move off on Adam Cole. Um, Adam Cole rolls to the, the ape, or Ricochet goes to the top rope, goes like he's going for the 630. Adam Cole rolls to the apron, does a slow roll. Ricochet runs, hits a Hurricane Rana, off the apron onto the floor. Yeah. Ow. Yeah. Gets Cole back in the ring, hits 630. New North American champion. So what happens after this? They'd probably just go to war games, right? Ricochet and the War Raiders. Yeah. This feud continues. Still, this is going to be fun. Once Adam Cole is out of his comfort zone, mm-hmm. lost his title, not happy anymore. He's a desperate man now. Yeah. And that's yeah. undisputed. And that's undisputed. But, I mean, that's good. That's sort of how I saw this going in the first place because it's like... Yeah, in well, hindsight, where would, totally should have Yeah, like where would Ricochet go from here if he didn't win this? And where would Adam Cole go from here if he didn't lose it? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, this was pretty obvious. Uh, next up, Kyrie Sane versus Shayna Baszler. Um, this was a bit surprising. The outcome. Yeah. I mean, I guess, but it'll probably make sense come... We're recording this before Raw. 
Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I'm sure once raw is, it'll probably make sense. Like, I'm not sure. I, I, I just, I just, I look at things and how cool they could be. And I think it just would have been cooler if Shayna kept the title all the way through Survivor Series. If they do the four horsemen versus four horsemen. And did match, yeah. double duty. Yeah. Man, Agreed. that would have been cool. Agreed. I thought that would have been, been really awesome. neat. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that would have been fantastic. Um, early on, uh, Baszler was working over Kyrie Sane's leg, mm-hmm. twisting it in all sorts of awful positions. Yeah. Stomped on it at one point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it looked pretty nasty. It did look nasty. Um, Sane uh, gets the upper hand. Hits an insane elbow on Shayna Baszler's back. That looked nasty too, because yeah, whenever they do like an elbow to or like a stomp on somebody's back, and they they're not on all fours, but you know, they're not laying flush. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Like Shayna was sort of up a little bit, and then yeah. it smashes her down. Oh, that always looks yeah, nasty. Yeah, it looks like it hurts. Um, Shayna rolls to the outside. Kyrie Sane um, off the top rope, crossbody. Mm-hmm. And then later on, she hits another insane elbow. Shayna kicks out. First person to kick out of the insane elbow in NXT, I believe. Um, there's a great spot where Kyrie Sane was doing her anchor submission move mm-hmm. through the ropes. Yeah. That was cool. But then in the ring, she does it again or tries to. Shayna reverses it into her her choke. Um, Kyrie Sane gets the ropes. And the finish saw Kyrie go for the insane elbow on the way down. Shayna gets her knees up. Um, puts Kyrie Sane in, in her clutch, but then Sane kind of rolls over into a pinning combo, mm-hmm. picks up the win. Yeah. So in that sense, it's kind of reminiscent of uh, the first time Ember Moon beat Shayna Baszler. Mm-hmm. Kind of took advantage of, if you want to call it, inexperience. Yeah. As a, in professional wrestling ring. Yes. Kind of. Yeah. So there's still. I don't know. It'll be interesting. Either by, by, well, by the time y'all are watching this, either Shayna will have debuted or not. I don't think they're going to put it off another week. You know? Yeah, I doubt it. So, I don't know. Maybe maybe this will go further in NXT. I just feel like Shayna, I don't know. I, this seems like a rematch in two weeks, and then Shayna full-time teleports to the main roster. I can't, yeah, it has that it feeling has to it. has the Bob Roode feeling to which it. Which is great. She feels like a star. She really does, you know? Agreed. I'm just kind of sad we're not going to get that full-on Candice LeRae versus Shayna feud. Would have liked to have seen that, especially like, especially given the kind of shit that Shayna was talking about. Candice being like a, a housewife, basically. Ooh, that that was some good fodder right there I know. for a feud. I know. So I don't know. May, hey, maybe she'll do one last tour against Candice. Could be. Probably not. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. If this is a rematch, it's probably going to be against Kyrie Sane. Oh, we're not going to find out for like a couple weeks. Though. Nope. We have Fallout takeover. Nope. Uh, finally, main event, Johnny Gargano, Johnny Wrestling versus Tommaso Ciampa for the NXT title. As soon as Johnny Gargano was tweeting about giving in to the anger, I knew he was going to lose. <laughs> have you been watching some JR commentary lately? Oh, maybe. <laughs> I kind of slipped into JR <laughs> cadence there a little bit, didn't You're I? slipping into Johnny Gargano, Johnny Gargano versus, Tommaso, versus Ciampa. Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah. NXT title. Holy crap, what a match. What do you think about this match? It was great. These Where two... does this place amongst the pantheon of the other ones? They're all very exhausting to watch. They're all just exhausting matches. But holy crap, these are good matches. I think I'm probably partial to the first one. And maybe that's just because I feel like that's the match that really firmly established the language with which the subsequent matches were using to tell their story. Sure, yeah. Um, it's set up... I've talked extensively about this feud and how it uses, like, the crutch just isn't a crutch. Mm-hmm, yeah. The crutch means something. That's, like, the, the embodiment of Ciampa's anger, yeah. his resentment. Um, 
um, and to see how it was employed here was effective. But I think I kind of liked the first match because it established all that, established the 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 the, the symbols which which they were using to tell the story in subsequent matches. Yeah. And now it's just how okay we're gonna we set the audience expectations for these things to happen. How can we subvert those expectations by employing these symbols and metaphors in different ways? I think what so the wrestling in this match is fantastic. Oh, fantastic! The spots were great. They were brutal. Everything was very physical. I think it's just difficult. It's it's a tall task. Here, well, here understanding okay, Johnny Gargano as a heel because here's the thing: the, the story of this was basically Gargano turning the dark side. Yeah. Literally, his ring gear. He came out. He wasn't happy. He wasn't his smiling. logo was different. Instead his of the, logo was like different. Really clean, you know, uh, kind of like wink face. It was all, you know, kind of like grungy. And, yeah, and, and it had like a, a mean face on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, his, you know, he immediately started the match with like dirty before the tech, bell rang. Before the, exactly. Ran over to Ciampa, started punching him in the face. And then, of course, in the end, that ended up getting the best of him when he tried to... You know, destroy Champa with his knee. Yeah, and Champa ducked, and he went over him. And rather know. than just accepting a win, he wanted to punish Champa further. Right, yes. exactly. The meat of his match as a heel, as turning to the dark side, probably what? Look, if I and I'm this is nitpicking because this is a freaking amazing. Yeah, it's really match. good. It's a really good match. But I think it wouldn't be like the top one for me. Because Gargano doesn't play heel very well. Here's the problem part of it, too. Because I agree with you. He shouldn't have done all the moves that we are accustomed to him using. Sure, yeah. He should have done the spring, the, the, the slingshot spear. He should have mm-hmm. done that. Apart from the super kick, like all of his trademark moves, that little thing where he does where he rolls and kicks the person in the head, he should have done all that. It should yeah. have been about being as vicious as possible. Yeah. Those, Especially the, the move where he kind of rolls and does the kick to the head while his opponent's on, on, on their knees or prone. On all fours, it's too slick. Yeah, the final sequence where he was super kicking his head into great. the thing was that was, that was good. Great. That was the time when I was like, "Oh, that's pretty brutal. That looked nasty." Yeah, and there's spots in there where it, 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 when he was beating up uh, Champa with the crutch, mm-hmm. that was brutal. That was that was like a moment solidified where oh, this is Gargano giving in. Yeah, to his darker impulses. Yeah, completely because. Before, that was the tool that Ciampa used against Gargano. Yeah. Now the tables have turned. Yeah. I like that they had Ciampa wearing, like, face white as well. Like his tights. Oh, yeah, a little white, bit. Yeah. You know? yeah, a little bit. Um, although that dude's never going to be a face. His How great is it to see? I mean, I guess we, we've already seen it. But, like, I don't know. Every time he comes, when he comes out to 15,000 people. Booing him. With his boos. Of course, boos. Best theme in wrestling, man. <laughs> it really is. And he, dude, nobody else. Because we've talked about this before, how much entrance music can kick a crowd into gear for somebody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This dude just shows up, and the crowd goes apeshit booing him. And he looks amazing. Like, know. that high-collared coat he wears, yeah. the, the trench coat, oh, man. He looks he, like a supervillain. He really looks like a supervillain. He totally does. And Gargano, which is difficult for, for me to... Like they're gonna have to. I don't know how. I don't know if they're gonna go. I mean, we don't know how bad his injury is. If his knee is actually injured, how bad it is, how long he's gonna be out. But I don't know. I just Champa is a true star. Mm-hmm. Gargano is a fantastic wrestler. I just wonder, out of the element of the storyline, like how far he can go based off of the personality we've seen from him. Yeah, I don't know. I just sort Let of me wonder. ask you a question. Mm-hmm. So. Uh... 
there was one sequence towards the end that I actually thought was going to be the finish, and that's where um, uh, the DDT on the board. No, it was even no. after that. Okay, it was when uh, Champa uh, need Gargano with the chair in front of him and sent him through the barricade mm-hmm. and started burying. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it was great. If they had finished the match there, yeah, you know, with with Johnny Gargano being symbolically buried, yeah. only for him to. Resurrect himself it's like as, Superman three. Yeah, as Johnny Reborn. <laughs> yeah, you know, like at that point, point he has literally reached the lowest point of his career, buried under a piece of barricade, some chairs, a PA, and yeah. a, an office chair. It's a great death metaphor, sure. Yeah, yeah. And then next time he shows up, he's reborn. Yeah, you know. I thought that from a storytelling, I get they were they were doing the the the. This this feud does a lot of symmetrical storytelling. So you have the mirror of what happened to Industry Chicago with them on the ramp, the knees, all that stuff. I get all that. I get that they're referencing when Ciampa turned on him. They've done it several times. Mm-hmm. But just, I just wonder if they'd ended the match with Gargano getting buried, mm-hmm. if that might have been more effective. Maybe. If they had, it would have been, I'll put it this way it would have been pretty devastating to see and almost like, almost kind of pathetic. If they had, if they had done that, but they had stayed, if they had executed that burial up on the stage mm-hmm. to, to, to further extend, you know, the, yeah, the mirror still have, still stuff. have yeah. the stuff on the stage, but yeah, then, you know, maybe when Gargano goes for that knee at the end, Chompa ducks hit Gargano hits the road case orchestrate it. So they can have a similar thing where Chompa starts throwing a bunch of crap at him. Yeah. I think that'd been the most effective. Yeah. ending. And you do, you have to wonder exactly what the plan was because triple H indicated that they had to change the ending somewhat. A little bit, he and said so, slightly, yeah. And given how detail-oriented these matches have been, that might matter in mm-hmm. terms of like how we perceive it, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, God, there was a lot of good stuff going on. Yeah, there. yeah. When Johnny kicked the PA, the production. Assistant, oh yeah, the the stagehand or whatever. <laughs> the stagehand, the yeah. local indie. They ate production a super assistant. kick right in the face. Yeah, that was good, and he was freaking out over that. And that's when uh, yeah, Champa. If they, if they just reset a lot of that stuff at the top of the ramp. Mm-hmm. You know, you even had the stagehand up there that, or someone that's over there trying to do something. I don't know what. Yeah, yeah, That yeah. Gargano goes for that running knee instead of hitting the road case. He hits someone. Yeah. There and get, takes a tumble off the stage, and then whatever is there by the stage, Chompa starts tossing it on him, mm-hmm. including, I guess, the PA. I do. I, I like, but I, there's so much great stuff. But that's here. a small yeah. quibble. I mean, I, uh, the, the overall story being told, I, I enjoyed. It yeah. Was generally what I thought they were going to do. That bit where Chompa. Pushed, got himself up at nine with the crutch. Oh yeah, was great. Yeah, you know, and then yeah. Moro, of course, he's not going to let a metaphor fly by. I know. <laughs> I know. He's literally holding himself up with his crutch. Mm-hmm. That crutch, that blah blah blah. You know, all that kind of stuff. I know. I know. That's good. Uh, and then Gargano thing that DDT on the exposed wood in the ring. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, that was great. They just take all these same elements they've established from the first match and somewhat still from the second, mm-hmm. and just kind of mix and match them in new ways to add depth and dimension to the story. One thing I do want them to explore, though, is their last match when Ciampa would keep he kept on repeating, you guys, you don't know. They don't know. Only mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. What, what is, is that? What is that? What is that? What is that? I'm curious. Yeah. I want them to do a WWE Now video where they <laughs> you know, break down what could he be talking about? What does he know exactly? Here are the suspects. Here are the suspects. <laughs> Number one, Johnny Gargano. <laughs> he did something. <laughs> Anyways, but no, yeah, it was yeah, it was it was a great match. It was oh, it was fantastic. Yeah. yeah, these guys can seemingly just Pretty put on brutal, awesome matches after you know consistently. This is we can go through the finish just real quick. Like 
Um, so we'll start with uh, Gargano super kicking the PA. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's all torp about it. He turns around. Champa knees Gargano with the chair in front of his knee through the barricade. Full there. sprint, by yeah, the way. Yeah, off the announce table, pretty much. Um, and then he starts burying Gargano under a piece of barricade, the PA, an office chair, a couple other chairs. Um, somehow Gargano pushes his way through all that, gets up at nine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Gargano super kicks Ciampa off the apron through some tables that he had set up prior mm-hmm. in the match. Again, Ciampa gets up at nine, uses the crutch. Yeah. Um, up the ramp, Gargano takes Ciampa, you know, and they kind of reenact the uh, the scene from TakeOver Chicago when Ciampa turned on Gargano because Gargano threw Ciampa into the LED board, yeah. put him in Gargano Escape up there at the top of the ramp. Hey, you know what? I appreciate NXT production also not doing the cheesy thing where somebody gets thrown in the LED. Like, we've seen this on the oh, roster. It glitches out. It glitches. It's like yeah. cheesy glitch. Yeah. It would never happen. Um, so Gargano takes... Tape. I know. Uh, Gargano takes Ciampa over to the, the side of the stage by the Titantron. Um, handcuffs him to it and then super kicks him three times. He's gearing up for another one and Ciampa's pleading with him saying, mm-hmm. no, Johnny, no more. Yeah. Essentially saying, don't destroy my head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just stop, please. Yeah, I need my Please. Head. And Gargano has a moment where he's like, oh, what am I doing? I could win this match. Because Gar- uh, Ciampa's on his knees and the rest counting. Mm-hmm. Um, instead, he pulls his knee pad down, exposes the knee, run towards Ciampa. Ciampa ducks it. Uh, Gargano knees a, a road case, falls to, the f- falls to the ground. Yeah. Um, and I'm guessing that's the spot where, whether uh, legit or not, shooter work, Gargano hurt his knee. And in, in, it could be a combination thereof. It could just be all reference to Chicago again when Ciampa blew out his knee during that match. Mm, yeah. Um, so they're both down, rest count, counting to 10. Right at 9, Ciampa slides off the ramp, stands up. Was that supposed to be – because it's sort of – they're on a long shot when he, when he slid off. Um, I mean, it seemed – the entire thing seemed to be just pure exhaustion at that point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um but I didn't know if that was supposed to be. I mean, I'm guessing that it was, it was intended, in character kayfabe, for him to slide off and be standing there because like the handcuff is kind of keeping him up. Yeah, you know. And yeah. I didn't know if that was supposed to be. A, he's so exhausted that he sort of rolled off of it, not cognizant of what's happening. Yeah, and he just ended up st- sitting there like that, and he's still sort of awake. Yeah, but it would be kind of interesting because there's kind of a difference there. Is he actually doing that on his own power, or is he? Does he just, because of where he's positioned, fall off, mm-hmm. and he happens to be on yeah, his I feet? I mean, he didn't have to do anything. He could have. They both came in count of ten and jump up or whatever retain the title. Mm-hmm, yeah. Well, yeah, no, exactly. But they did make the point of having him on his feet, yeah, so yeah, there's yeah. no, you know, no, there's dispute, no question yeah. there. Yeah, exactly. That's undisputed. That is undisputed. Every time they come out, I love it. Best every time that the music plays, it's the most joyful. When is the last time a group that's supposed to be heels has been so damn charming? It's the mo- and every time I see Adam Cole do his Adam Cole Bebe thing, and the fifteen thousand people, whatever it is, thirteen thousand, whatever it is, just in unison, euphoric, do it with him. Even when it was Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong, and they do their display in the middle, and yeah, oh, that's great. And because they both did it this boom. time, they yep. both did it with the boom. Yep. But no, when they go to the middle and they lay the title down, yeah, and, yeah. Kyle, and they and Roderick Strong does this, 
the crowd goes baby. Yeah. Because they're used to it as a, as a group. Yeah. Oh, man. Fantastic. They're just the best. NXT is just a joy to watch. It is. It really is. It it's really like is. my favorite freaking wrestling right now. It's so good. They can do no wrong by my No wrongs. So, yeah, we're going to get a Fallout, NXT Fallout. Uh, Takeover Fallout episode next. couple matches, a lot of recaps. Maybe some uh, behind-the-scenes so, stuff. So I know. Yeah, a lot. Um, so I know we're going to get Bianca Belair versus Deanna Parrazzo. I know they, they did that at TakeOver. And also, shoot. Oh, it's Pete Dunne and Zach Gibson. Yeah. That should be good. Yeah, that should be really good. I haven't heard any reports about it, but holy crap, that should be really yeah, good. Yeah, the match at the United Kingdom Championship Tournament was good. But they're going to wait. They're going to have Zach Gibson lose twice to Pete Dunne. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, man. Doesn't that bode ill for Pete Dunne? It doesn't mean he's just going to be in NXT UK for a while. Like, who's going to beat that guy? Spoiler alert, nobody's beat him in the friggin' on the first NXT. Oh, we got a promo for that, too. Oh, yeah. It was kind of a whole lot of nothing, but... Yeah, I don't know who on the roster in NXT UK is going to beat him unless they put the belt on Trent Seven or or Tyler Bate. They seem, they seem to be pretty firm as a trio now, though. Yeah. They're probably going to be at that War Games. That's yeah. going to be awesome. Yeah, they, that's the thing. They've kind of dug themselves into a hole because they made huge stars out of all three of those guys. I know, but they haven't invested the time or they haven't had an opportunity to invest the time in building up really anybody else. Well, they yeah, they have. Yeah, Pete Dunne has such a head start on everybody yeah. else. How long would it take to build up somebody or big? It's going to take someone huge that's already out there. Like if they bring Neville. Yeah, right. Yeah, That'd be believable. Yeah, I love all the Twitter, like all the Twitter wishful thinking that it's going to be Neville, the guy that, Took out Alistair Black. That'd be great. That'd be interesting. Yeah. You think he'd want to go back to NXT? If it gave him an opportunity to do something more than he was doing on 205 Live. If they, if he wants to showcase, like, really, really good wrestling, mm-hmm. if he wants to be a part of that, I don't know. Something tells me he'd be like, what? What? No. What? No. I'm supposed to be the main attraction. Although, you know, I mean, NXT does better in terms of viewership than 205 Live. So in terms of exposure for... Your skills. Yeah, no, I don't think. I Yeah, I think, yeah. But I don't, think, was, I don't it, think he would do either, but I think no, that he'd no, probably no. prefer to go to NXT. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't that be funny if his time away from the WWE was simply a, a contract a contract walkout? <laughs> like Drew McIntyre left for three years, you know, honed his abilities, became a true man, came back. Neville walks out, then comes back up through NXT. Yeah. When's this call-up going to happen? I know, I know. That'd be good. You know, the takeover a year from now is going to be Neville versus Keith Lee for the title. <laughs> that'd be good. I'd pay to see that shit. Oh, heck yeah. Hell yeah. Anyways, that's it for our takeover review. Thanks so much for watching. Let us know what you guys think in the comments. And until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Goodbye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly. 
which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.